Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Mark Henry and I get into the A&E bio last night on Rey Mysterio. Plus, we get into the moments of how we fell in love with pro wrestling. And we also do both of that with our guests today on the podcast, Peter Rosenberg and Sam Roberts. Definitely a must listen right now on the Busted Open podcast. Let's bring in the uber talented. And let's face it, the only listen, only reason to listen to the Michael K show. Thank you. Only, Thank you. Peter Rosenberg. Peter, how are you this morning? <laughs> I am good. I'm excited to see your faces and uh, and chat with you. Thank you for the kind words, Dave. Peter, I first of all, Peter, I want to thank you because you promote this show, promote me, promote pro wrestling. You wave the flag for pro wrestling in a lot of yep. mainstream media, which you do uh, in New York on New York radio, both in the morning and in the afternoon. And you've really accomplished a lot in that way. I mean, I think you're one of the pioneers when it comes, especially here in the Northeast, of getting more attention mainstream wise, especially for the WWE. Well, I, I appreciate that, Dave. I've um, it, it is something I've worked really hard at, and I do feel like at this point in time, it feels really appreciated, you know, by the folks at WWE. You know, I have an, I have an interesting, I have an interesting work life there because I deal with so many different people because I deal with the talent side and and working the shows that we do the kickoff shows etc but then i also deal with the pr department and the people who are selling tickets and you know i'm a part of sort of a lot of different worlds to help the whole thing move forward and um i'm grateful that they appreciate it because it really just came from a straight up you know passion um you know sam sam roberts and i often talk about the early days when we were showing up to the wrestlemania press conferences in times square And we were some of the, we were basically like, there'd be maybe a local news outlet. And then there'd be me and Sam, you know, to be there with cameras and to record these interviews. Now, of course, it's completely different. They started doing Radio Row. You go down there for WrestleMania. Now they have all kinds of different media events where they bring talent around. We just used to go to those press conferences and hustle and hustle. So when we both got hired at the same time, it's actually, I was talking to a, a wrestler the other day about it. He was like asking me about the hate that we get. And I was like, it's really funny that we get that hate because if they only knew 
Like we really grinded every single step to get there. Like I was they there. Asked, like, what are they doing there? Why them? And it's like, well, if you just paid attention to our story, you know, we busted our asses to get there. And, and now we get a chance to talk about it. It's pretty cool. Listen, Dave, Peter, um, I, I, I remember when, when you first expressed interest and you said, hey, man, do you know somebody over there that could get us in? And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And now it's flipped. Now you're over there, yep. and I'm gone. <laughs> I'm on the outside. Can you explain to their PR department and Adam Hopkins and all of those guys how valuable a resource this show is to pro wrestling? Are you guys Especially not getting WWE people doing? on the show? They don't. They don't. They don't do it. Haven't returned my calls. Nothing. Really? And and I I, I talked to a the the A and E folks to try to get them to realize, hey, we're valuable. It'd be awesome to have Ray Mysterio on, you know, and 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 any other uh, talent. Wow, Mark you know, Dickman. like there's a lot going on that I like Mark we can help here. With. I, this is very me. I respect. I'm shooting my shot. No, shoot your shot. I agree with you. I mean, I'd be, I be. I will ask some questions about that because, particularly for me, you know, I've been trying to any way that we can promote the A and E Sunday Night lineup. You need to promote it. Like we need to get eyeballs on those shows, and you guys. I mean, dude, you guys are as big a wrestling show as there is in the world. So, I mean, every it speaks for itself. Um, so, I'm surprised. I'm gonna I'm gonna poke into that, see what the hell's going on. Yeah, do that, man. Uh, Peter, you you, I, I remember the days where, um, you know, we be, we became friends, and you were not in at WWE, and uh, you were asking me the questions, and I told you who to talk to, and like. Did you ever get any any uh, flack from other people around you about how much you love wrestling and how much you wanted to get involved in the industry? Um, I mean, listen, I think everyone who is a part of this thing in any way deals with it on some level, you know, whether it's the whether it's the tweets, you know, the you know, it's fake, right? tweets you know or you know uh, the conversation with people who say oh like you know they, they have something funny or goofy to say about it um yeah it happens you know but to me that's always been part of my mo like i don't know why but i've always been a person who the things i'm interested in were always things that needed defending in some way um you mm. know that used to be hip-hop for a very long time it's not real music. They're not singing. What even is like people don't think of that now because it's been the number one music genre in the world for so long. Back in the day when I when I was first falling in love with hip hop, the record stores didn't even have a rap section. You'd go to the soul section to look for the rap cassettes like it wasn't taken seriously. So I've always sort of gravitated towards things and and to me you know i love trolling people by telling them that i think uh pro wrestling is the greatest art form in the world and if you could offer me to go see barishnikov or do ballet or you offer me to go see some great classical pianist i would take wrestling every single time to me it's the greatest art form so um yeah it happens but i sort of i sort of relish it to be honest you know and, wow. and that's kind of like a topic that we started to show off with this morning uh, Peter and the fact that like I and I kind of went on a little bit of a mini rant not a rant but I was kind of just letting a, us as a community know like man we're fighting a lot 
in our own community. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, for the longest time, Peter, as you were saying, we've had to defend ourselves against the non-believers, right? Like, everybody's saying, uh, this is fake. Why do you watch that? That's stupid. And we've kind of had to have our fist up and fight for why we love this business as much as we do. Now that we've become kind of mainstream and pro wrestling has kind of bridged that gap, it feels like we're fighting amongst each other way more often than we should. And it feels like in this day and age, there's a lot more people trying to crack our own foundation than actually celebrating, as you said, is an art form known as pro wrestling. It's it, it's it's true, man. And honestly, like my the biggest place where I place blame for that is just the nature of social media. You know, it just is what it is. Like people feel the need to comment on everything. Um, everyone's excuse me, voice can be heard, which in some ways is great, but in some ways is terrible because it amplifies a lot of nonsensical just trash and propagates a lot of nonsense and like the man i gotta tell you the 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 weirdest thing to me is how much you have aw lovers and wwe lovers who actually see it as two different things in a real way like i don't i work at wwe and i still discuss aw on my show i watch the pay-per-views i watch the shows pretty regularly like i to me i have friends there i have friends here it, it's a business that it, it's it gives an opportunity for everyone to make more money and frankly if you're a fan of pro wrestling you always want multiple companies competing to push each other like it's only good right. for the business so what's crazy to me is that me, someone who gets money from one of the companies, and I'm not the only one like this. There's talent who says the same thing. And we can openly discuss the other product. I don't know why fans who have never made a dollar from either company are acting <laughs> like they have some sense of loyalty to a show. Like, just like whatever show is good that week, whatever's entertaining you that week, like that it. month, that's it. Like, I don't get it. And, and, oh and, and Peter, you know this, like my, I, I think my brother Don is the best example of that. My brother Don grew up the biggest Devils fan, Giants fan I know. But you know what? He worked for the Jets and he worked for the Rangers. Like, right, you know, right. like, you know, he actually got paid by two teams that when he was younger, he despised. But that's been it. And, and I say this all the time because I'm sure you re read this on social media too, Peter. People believe I'm on Tony Khan's payroll and AEW is that AEW is paying me. The only wrestling company that's ever given me a check is the WWE, which I find very, very funny that I still get accused of being on Tony Khan's payroll. It is silly, but I, and I understand what you're saying about social media, but at some point it's got to stop because we're actually dividing our own community. It's like, Man, I, I liked it so much better when the only people I was fighting with were the people who didn't like pro wrestling. I'd love to get yeah, back there no, someday. It's, it's a much better fight. That fight's a lot more fun yes. than these sort of like internecine battles over like Will Ospreay. And it's like everything is something like it's just it just is tiring. And I don't know why Twitter is a place that generally and listen, I, I'm sure I'm a victim of it, too. I've learned to hold back like I will see things on TV. I feel a negative thought. I go to my phone to tweet the negative thought, and I'm like, "What does this do?" And can't finish it. I do the same thing. Yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not I do exactly it. the same thing. Well, Tony Dungy, you, you you just don't want to always put out what you think. 
just because you think it don't mean you should say it. And exactly. Herman Edwards said it best. Hey, it's okay to write it. It's okay to text it. Type it out. But don't press in. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's exactly, don't press there's in. too much. Yeah. And I think you can be critical. I think it's okay to be critical, Peter. You do that on the Michael K show. You talk about a game or a player's performance. I think it's I think it's okay to be critical. That's part of the fun of it. But when you're actually rooting for like the demise of of a company or per, taking personal shots at a professional wrestler, that that's when I think you're crossing the line. Yeah, it's just listen, everyone I, I consider myself an outsider um in pro wrestling. I consider myself a guest sort of, and I've been around it now in a close way, you know, working with WWE for like six years. And I'm, I'm blessed enough to be at everything and, and be a part of all this stuff. I still consider myself a guest. It's funny to me how many people who have never once worked in the pro wrestling business consider themselves to be all out experts. Like I sit there and I'm still not an expert. Like I, at all, I sit in the locker room and I ask JBL and Booker T questions. I'm like, can you explain this? Can you explain that? What does this do? You got people on Twitter just talking as if they've booked matches before, as if they've worked matches before that I find super frustrating and Are like they a were basic there? sign of disrespect. Peter, they talk like they were there in the room when conversations were. were when I, I remember the the I, I listened to a podcast the other day, and these two dudes were talking about the fight between Booker T and Batista, like they were there, <laughs> like they were in the damn room. I was there. I was in the room. I didn't see them. <laughs> I know, and, I know. And that's, I that's that the be... thing about it that I can't stand that bothers the hell out of me. Well, also, if like people... Uh, people will say to me, you know, oh, uh, what are uh, what are, what are things like over there? You know, you know, so and so leaves, and they go, oh, what's what's happening? I hear I hear morale's low. I hear I hear this. I hear that. I'm like, hey, I was just there. Everyone was in good spirits. Everyone was having a good time at work. Like you would think if you read. You know, the, the WWE haters, if you were to read everything they say on Twitter, you would think that it's just this toxic work environment. Everybody's miserable. <laughs> Everybody's fighting. I'm like, it's really not like that. It's a pretty nice professional place to work, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, let's get to some of the positives. Obviously, I love what you're doing on Smack Talk. Again, it's on 11 o'clock Eastern time on A&E, right after the A&E bio rivals, and then you can see Peter Rosenberg on Smack Talk. Rey Mysterio, the topic last night. Rey Mysterio, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest lucha lucha wrestler of all time. Uh, what a story and what a career Rey Mysterio has had. Yeah, and I, I just, one of the things I, I took away from yesterday was just do we do we place him high enough when we have the conversations of the greats you know like we've gotten very accustomed to sort of thinking of the same people but when you think about what ray did and pound for pound what he did you know like in a lot of ways ray reminds me of of an Allen iverson or a steph curry yeah are they the number one best player of all time maybe not statistically maybe not 
But when you think about what they're capable of doing for their size in the business, there may be nobody more talented. And I mean, Ray to this day is still working clean all the time. Like he's just, uh, he's special, man. And, and now you see it, you see that Dominic's going to be special too. Like it's, it's pretty amazing to see. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchick's Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. Obviously, you work within the walls of the WWE, but you're obviously known for what you do outside those walls of WWE. But all three of you have waved the flag for the WWE. And for you, Sam, Peter, and Scott. For wrestling. Yeah, but yeah, for wrestling, because again, they make no bones. They love the WWE. They grew up on the WWE. WWE is their passion, but they do it in a positive way. Like, they're yep. not bashing other organizations or hoping other organizations fail. They just happen to be big fans of the WWE. And I think I think we need a lot more of that. And, uh, Sam, I admire you. I admire your work. You know that. But I think that's something that's kind of been lost in our community where it's like, man, when I was a kid, I used to fight uh, I used to fight with the people that hated pro wrestling. I never fought with the people that actually loved pro wrestling like we do (laughs) seem to do now in 2022 yeah yeah i think you know social i mean people blame it on social media but i guess people were doing it during the monday night wars too you know people would 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 fight about nitro and raw and which was better and all this stuff there's this inherent nature in people to have to be right i think and so Mm. even when you find somebody that's an ally. Like this person is an ally. You guys have the same passion. You still have this thing where it's like, yeah, but I got to find the thing that I'm right about. Whereas, you know, I, I, I just, you know, and I think we talked about this a little bit the last time that I, I, I like sharing this passion that I have for pro wrestling. And I like trying to get people to understand the storytelling that's going on and, and what's really happening on the screen and why to me it's the it's this it's the most relatable form of entertainment in the world 
I agree, I agree with that. And and Sam, uh, you are very prominent on the Rey Mysterio bio uh, last night. Um, Mark and I both agree. I th- I think it's been the best <laughs> one yet, and we learned so much about Rey Mysterio. But great job, you did a wonderful job on that last night. Oh, thank you, man. It, it like it blows my mind uh, when I'm sitting there shooting for those things when I end up on those things every time I shoot for one I don't really tell a lot of people because I assume you know who needs Sam they're just going to cut me out of it anyway so (laughs) you know when it when it shows up on TV and there's like you know more than one Sam shot in the thing I'm like oh my god this is this is incredible and with that one in particular man huh just take that royalty check man that's it. As long as it clears, it doesn't matter. As long as the check clears, that's my thing. <laughs> um, but that one in particular, like the director of that one, because what they do for the biographies is that uh, most of them are done by sports documentary makers. That's why they all kind of feel different and look different. They're not necessarily produced in-house by WWE. They're done by people who have done other films. And they did that with the first season with, you know, Austin and Brett and Sean and all those. And I had done like in February, I had done this long podcast where sometimes I get in these obsessive rabbit holes where I just want to talk about a character, right? And just explain the character arc and why it's so good. So I had sat there one weekend and like gone on YouTube and found every match and like wrote out this entire multi-page thing chronicling Rey Mysterio's entire career and this story arc of this one character that kind of, you know, mirrors the real life guy. But really the story that we're we're seeing on television through AAA and then ECW and then WCW and then WWE. This is the story like this is his story. This is the character story. It's all one thing. And I love that. So I end up doing this podcast where I spend an hour just sitting there going over in detail every all the Rey Mysterio stuff. And at WrestleMania, this guy comes up to me and he was like, hey, Sam. I was like, oh, hello. You know, and it's he goes, I'm directing the Rey Mysterio uh, documentary for A&E. I go, oh, that's amazing. First of all, I'm just glad it's happening. Right. Like, I'm just glad that that story is being told on that platform. And he goes, yeah. And, you know, while we were doing like the research for it and kind of learning more about Ray and, and, and everything, we found your podcast. And like, I got to get you in the interview chair to tell some of the stories that you were telling on the podcast. So the fact that like shows like this, Dave, like busted open, like these, the shows that we're doing that are just guided by our passion are like going into these kind of amazing avenues that you would never expect are are pretty mind blowing. Yeah. And I, and I think mm-hmm. Ray's in your wheelhouse and like you talked about the world's collide pay-per-view and you first discovering you know, Ray Mysterio and everything like that to get that firsthand. And, and you know what? I love the fact, Sam, that, that, that podcast was listened to. Like, you never know. I always say this to Mark, like you never know who's listening and when, and uh, we've gotten people to call in from time to time that I couldn't believe that were actually listening, but you know, you never know. We're on platforms where I'm so glad that you have that platform that, you know, an episode that you did just on Rey Mysterio and that deep dive got noticed. Uh, because I think all wrestling fans are, are kind of like that. We'll take a wrestler or an event or a certain match and do 
that deep dive. And and I'm glad, like you said, that Ray Mysterio, Mark, you always say, is getting his flowers. And I think he got that last night in that bio. Yeah, I'm glad that he is. And, and, and I'm, I'm listening to Sam and I'm going, so if we do some really good stuff, which we, we, we do some really good stuff, Dave, there's a chance. There's a, <laughs> we have a chance. Somebody might hear us and put us on TV. <laughs> Let's not get crazy, Mark. But, you know, but uh, am, am, I, am I am I overstepping? Oh, no, okay. no. But I think that listen, they they used me for the Ric Flair uh, evil uh, documentary, which just I mean, if you would have told the twelve year old Dave Lagreca that at some point he would be talking about Ric Flair on a documentary for the WWE. I would never would have believed you. And, and Sam, I could say the same thing for you. When you first saw Rey Mysterio for the first time, that, you know, 25 years later, you would be talking about it in a documentary on him. It, it's really mind-blowing when you think about it. Would you it. believe this, Sam? No. I mean, no. Not especially, like, <laughs> sitting down and, like, like the 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 professionalism of the whole thing where they're like, Sam, we'd really love for you to do this. No, I would believe that like I had to find some way to like weasel my way in or somebody owed me a favor or, <laughs> you know, something like that happened. But the <laughs> idea that like, no, that somebody called me and they were like, no, we'd really like your perspective on this. Cause that's, that's also uh, what I think is so important is like perspective and that, and that I try to make sure that I always come from like a truthful perspective. Like I, I would hope that you would never hear me on like a documentary going, well, you know, Ray had heat with Eric Bischoff. How do, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, uh, how would I know who Ray had heat with? How I wasn't there. Like, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that stuff drives me crazy. Like there, there's a lot of that stuff where it's like, you're just you're you're guessing. You're say you heard this from another person that heard that from another person, and you're like, this isn't this isn't perspective. Like my my perspective has always been, yeah, man, I've watched a lot of wrestling, and I've gotten I've gotten you know the great opportunity to talk to a lot of you guys, Mark. But really, my true perspective is I've sat in that fan seat. I've studied it from the fan perspective. And I can talk about these characters. I don't feel comfortable talking about people beyond like, yeah, I've, I've gotten to hang out with Mark Henry. He's an amazing dude. We know you were doing your show and we would, this is what we were talking about earlier in the yep. show. Like there are people that come on and they act like they were there. Right. They, they, they talk like they've had those type of experiences. They, 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 they bring context about things that are very sensitive in nature that people that experienced it or uh, went through it are sensitive about and, and are, are like really protective of. And you feel like they're intruding on your life, even if it's not about you. Yeah, I find it. I Yeah, that's to me, it's not so much like uh, that oh, I don't want the audience to know that I wasn't there. It's like, it's disrespectful. Like for me to, I think, talk about something as if I have an expertise that I do not have when it's like, I have so much reverence for like everything that you guys do. The whole reason we're all here, the whole reason this universe exists is because it's all leeching on 
to what you guys do in the ring, right? And so the idea that that somebody would would take a perspective where it's like they understand your story better than you, like that that that's insulting, and that's a that's a spot that I would never want to come from. I'm glad. I, that's why I like that that these are on A and E too, because my thing when I sit down for those is I always think, okay, there are people who watch A and E that are that don't watch wrestling. And I know for a fact that there are people who watch those biographies that haven't watched wrestling in years, but they got cable and they're like, oh, I remember Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I'll watch this Rey Mysterio doc. And it's like my goal is to try to tell the stories in a way that 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 will hopefully get them to feel at least some of the same kind of fire that I feel about it. It's not about like, let me explain to you why this like leg drop was so great. It's here is here's this 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 story. It's the it, you, everybody likes stories. This is why I think everybody should be able to have an appreciation on some level for pro wrestling because there's nobody that doesn't like stories. So I in my perspective is let me talk to the people who I talk to on the radio who don't watch wrestling and let me try to explain to you why this is such a great story. And I think what you just said, Sam, it's built around the word respect. You as a fan respect like what a Hall of Famer like Mark has been able to do. We've never done that. So I think it's just right. respectful to be like, like I, I've said this on the show before. There's certain terminology that I hear that obviously I'm not going to use because I, I don't, I'm not in the locker room. I'm, I'm, I don't get into the ring. I don't wrestle. So I feel like almost I'd be disrespecting actual wrestlers by overstepping my bounds, so to speak. And I think right now, I think everybody wants to feel like they're in the know and they want to feel like they're a part of it. So they feel like they can say and do things. And and Mark and I started this morning about like all the rumors and innuendos about like a Thunder Rosa who was on this show on Friday, who was injured and can't compete. You know, for people to say like, oh, she's suspended. Well, how do you know? You're you're not there. <laughs> you don't know. Like, you know, people kind of overstepping those bounds because they want to prove that they're in the know when they really don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And I think that people should take pride in their perspective. Like, really, like when you talk to and Dave, you know, when you talk to somebody like a Mark Henry or a bully or a Tommy and like. You 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 listen to wrestling through their eyes. It's a totally different perspective. Like you're like, oh, I didn't even they yeah. they have this little nuance that they pick up on somebody in the ring. They have. Well, this is why this would happen. This is why that would happen. And you're like, oh, I never I never would have seen that because I see it from this perspective. But at the same time. When 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 people are are doing it, when they're the performers they have a different perspective than the people in the audience. I try to take ownership of being like, look, I can speak to the perspective of the person in the audience, which is something you won't get from one of the superstars because yeah. they're not in the audience. They're, 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 they're the one that the gaze is upon. Let me speak to what's in my heart, why I would sit in the audience and watch this thing, why this is so compelling. And I think that so, I think that fans need to take ownership of that and and some pride in the fact that that is a meaningful perspective. 
So this has been a big topic on the show, Sam. And and, uh, and then this will be the last question to let you go. And I appreciate you always taking the time to come on with us. Um, Thank you for coming on. Uh, we've been asking the nation, the moment when they fell in love with pro wrestling, what was that moment for Ooh. you? You know, I'm glad you asked me this question today because, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if it was the, if there's any moment it would have to be this. Uh, Dave, I'm sure that you're like me in the sense that wrestling has just always been there, right? It's just kind of yeah. this. There is no starting point. It's just an omnipresent thing in my life. But if there's one moment that like where you, where you cross that threshold and you're like, oh, I'm never going back. Like this is forever. Thirty years ago today was SummerSlam 92. And I was living in the United Kingdom at the time. I was uh, eight years old. And, you know, I'd never been to a live WWE show. I was obsessed with it that already. Like, I was in. Like, I was both feet in. I had been Hulk Hogan for Halloween. Like, it, I was in. I was all the way in. But, and I said, I, I, I want to go to SummerSlam. I want to go to SummerSlam. I want to go to SummerSlam. And tickets were tough to get. Wembley Stadium sold out real quick. But, you know, my dad was working in advertising at the time. He, he, he was trying to pull strings. He was trying to pull strings. And and I found out later that he went to my mom and he, he and my mom had a conversation where they go, you know, Sam, if we take him to this SummerSlam show and we get seats that are kind of close, he might see what this wrestling stuff really is. And he might see they're not really hitting each other. It. He might wow. see he might. Yeah, he might. See, and you know what? I don't think he may not like it anymore if we take him to a live show. He might not. But you know what? He really wants to go. Let's try it. And so my dad was able to get tickets and we sat in in my memory. I think it was the 12th row, which is pretty close for 80,000 people in uh, in Wembley Stadium. And we got there and it was full. And like the moment that I sat down and I will never forget the red, white, and blue of the ropes, the, 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 just the colors, the, the superstars started walking to the ring. And it was just this whole different thing than I'd seen on TV, right? You're, you watch on TV, it's standard definition antenna television at the time, maybe a satellite dish, it's 1992. But you watch it and you see it in person and you can see over in the corner, you can't hear what they're saying, but there's, there's Vince and Bobby the Brain Heenan and Bobby's got a crown on because he's making fun of the British people. And 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 the music is so loud because it's 80,000 people in a stadium. And 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 every part of it was like, oh, my God, this is a different thing. Here comes nails and his orange jumpsuit is even more orange than you could have imagined. And here comes <laughs> here comes Papa Shango and the smoke is going everywhere and you see and it's and it's real life. And all of a sudden, all of this cartoon that you've been watching is real life. The Undertaker's coming to the ring in a hearse. And you see Macho Man, you see the Ultimate Warrior, and just when you've seen it all, you sit down after three hours and you watch, even at eight years old, Bret the Hitman Hart and the British Bulldog put on a main event, the likes of which has literally never happened before in WWE. And I mean, I remember sitting in the car because parking was horrendous at Wembley and we sat there, we like parked on a, on a field. It wasn't even a real parking lot. Probably took us an hour to get out of the parking situation. And I just remember sitting in the car and just like, 
the blood was just flowing like it, it just electricity was running through that little eight-year-old body and like and you know mark it was little a little eight-year-old <laughs> body i was a small <laughs> child but but that was seeing that show live was like there's no way anything is ever gonna top this and and nothing has topped pro wrestling since that's first of all amazing how descriptive you were wow that was great took place 30 years ago today one thing that i've always taught myself sam is um when i'm in certain moments i know i'm in that moment so i kind of try to take in as much of that moment as possible and there's been certain moments in my life where it's like all right i'm really going to focus and concentrate on everything that's happening the first time my dad took me to see pro wrestling, which was at the Meadowlands, the main event was Dr. D. David Schultz and Hulk Hogan. But I, I remember the opening match was Rene Goulet against SD Special Delivery Jones. But I rem- but, but, but Sam, I remember how the chair felt. Yes. Like I, I remember like exactly what angle I was watching. I remember the sound of the mat when SD Jones slammed Rene Goulet. Like I remember what turnbuckle Rene Goulet, you know, was taunting the fans and holding up the glove on his hand. Like I, 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 I remember taking in that moment as much as any, probably any other moment in my lifetime. Like, and the fact that you were able to describe that event the way that you did, man, kudos, because that was a special moment for you. It's a special moment for a lot of fans 30 years ago today. Yeah, that's the Cliff Notes version too. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.